Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast. So glad you would join us wherever, whenever you are. If you are new or visiting, make sure you check us out. Everyone Church on Instagram, Facebook, our website. We're a new church plant. We're having a great time enjoying all that God is doing on this journey of establishing Everyone Church. And we hope you can join us on that journey. But today, the last Sunday in May 2023, is Pentecost Sunday. It represents the day recorded in Acts chapter 2, seven Sundays after the resurrection of Jesus, ten days after he ascended to heaven, where the Holy Spirit rested on and empowered a group of believers in the upper room in Jerusalem, sparking what would become the greatest faith movement in world history, literally world-changing. So much so that 2,000 years later, here we are on the Everyone Church podcast talking about it. Uh, But I believe one of the greatest evidences for Jesus' claims and his death and resurrection is the rapid spread of the gospel after he rose and after uh, Pentecost and after the Holy Spirit came. I think um, it's hard to argue, even if you're a skeptic, uh, against the rapid spread of the gospel. And all these people, in the face of heavy Roman oppression, were filled with boldness and certainty to face death and, and torture even for the sake of what they heard and experienced. So I think it's quite significant. So I want to take some time over the next couple of weeks to talk about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who He is and what He is all about. And there is just so much misconception and dismissing of the Holy Spirit. Uh, The study of the Holy Spirit is what we call pneumatology. That's two words blended into one. Pneumatology. Pneuma meaning spirit. Tology meaning the study of. So it's the study of the Spirit. So we want to start from the ground up. Join us. Today, I'm just going to explode this topic, break it open, and over the coming weeks, we'll really go step by step on how the Holy Spirit works in our lives. But I want to start from the ground up, because I believe if we truly know who the Holy Spirit is, who He is, we can open our hearts and and eyes and and and, and minds and, and see how He works in our lives and be open to receiving Him into our life. And we can often be unwelcoming to the Holy Spirit because of our misunderstanding or misconception or even other people's misrepresentation of Him. Uh, maybe you've had bad experiences in, in churches, like we're in a Pentecostal church. Maybe you have bad experiences of people manipulating or you know the keyboards being super loud. It's like, like the Holy Spirit is not a keyboard. Okay, He's not a, a pastor pushing you over. No, no, we want to get past those misconceptions. Like, like, you know, have you ever heard something about someone? Like you've had a workmate come up and go, oh, mate, the new boss, he's terrible. Be careful. And then you meet them and it's like, hey, that's not what I thought. It's not what I perceive them to be. This happens to the Holy Spirit all the time. So I want us to open our hearts and look at the scriptures and see what the scriptures tell us about him. Okay, so first, let me pray. Lord, I thank you for your presence with us. Even now, as we're on a podcast, whether people are driving, listening at home, wherever, out jogging, whatever it is, wherever it is, Lord, I know that you can be with us. You are with us. And I ask that you would speak to us in a special, special way today as we look to you, Holy Spirit. Amen. So the first place I want to start is right at the foundation, and that is this. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. 
the third person of the Trinity, and the Trinity can be a difficult concept to wrap our head around sometimes, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that being God is one essence. There is one God in three distinct persons. Now, how do we arrive at this concept? Well, the early Christian church, the early centuries, there's even some evidence of Trinitarian type language as early as like 110 AD, but very early on, the the early church fathers were rapidly trying to solidify core doctrines and beliefs and create creeds that unified the church together. So when these councils and and meetings happened in the early centuries of the church, they would come to agreement on things, uh, on even the biblical canon, like how we came to the collection of biblical books that we believe are God-inspired. So one of these doctrines is the Trinity. And the doctrine of the Trinity was used to help explain the relationship between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. All one God, but also three distinct persons. It's not three gods or God in three modes, which is what we call modalism, which is not the right way to think of God. No, it is one God in three distinct persons. The Father reveals the Son, the Son reveals the Father, and the Father and the Son are revealed by the Holy Spirit. Now, we could do a whole teaching on just the idea of the Trinity, and if you have any questions about it, please come and ask. It's, it's, it's a very fascinating, interesting topic. But the point I'm trying to make here is that the Holy Spirit is God, okay? He's not just part of God. He is 100% God, the third person of the Trinity. It's not just an optional extra. He's not a footnote. (laughs) No, he was there at the beginning, in the beginning of creation. He was there. He is with us today if we receive him. He is 100% God. And each of the, the persons of the Trinity have a distinct role or function. Jesus said of the Holy Spirit in John 16, verse 7, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. So in context, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And think about what he's saying here. He says, it is best for you that I go and the Holy Spirit comes. And Jesus was physically with his disciples at this moment. He was with them in the flesh, fist bumping, eating breakfast, hanging out. You know, uh, he says, it's actually better for the Holy Spirit to be here than for me to be here. Because the Holy Spirit is not just God amongst us, like fist bumping us and stuff. No, the Holy Spirit is God in us. So Jesus is saying the greatest expression of God on the earth is the Holy Spirit. That's what he's saying. Isn't that amazing? It is best for you that I go and the Holy Spirit comes, which is in contrast to much of uh, church culture and teaching. The Holy Spirit just an add-on, an extra. He's like, oh, it's, you know, we, we'll just not acknowledge that. Uh, and sometimes he's the elephant in the room, you know, and that is not what we want to have. We want to honor the Holy Spirit and welcome him. And Jesus said later in John 16, 13, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. So the Holy Spirit's role is interaction and an empowerment. He is God at work in us and through us. Earlier in John chapter 14, verse 15 to 17, Jesus says, If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Wow, God in us. We become the temple of the Holy Spirit, we, where he dwells and he guides and he leads. And 
we are to live knowing that God is inside our bodies. He, he, in these little mortal, mortal shells, he lives in us, right? And in these verses in John, Jesus uses this word helper, advocate, which is translated from the Greek word parakletos, which means partnership, guide. Uh, it's like a picture of a close partnership, like someone who walks with us and helps us and advocates for us, a very close partnership. He leads us and guides us. He empowers us. It's kind of like when I hold my kid's hand when I'm walking through the car park, you know, particularly my son, Roger, he's three years old, and I hold his hand and he has the propensity to kind of run ahead or drag behind. And I'm holding his hand as, as his father and saying, hey, come on, hey, whoa, whoa, wait, stop. He's, he's, he's a three-year-old. And, and many of us uh, are perpetual spiritual three-year-olds. We, we all have a propensity to wonder and to, and to put ourselves in, in bad places, right? And the Holy Spirit is our partner, our guide. He, he's there to guide us, to pull us back, to push us forward, to empower us, to say, hey, come on, let's go. You, you can do this. You, pursue God, live for God. The Holy Spirit has a job, and it is to make us holy, <laughs> the Holy Spirit, he produces in us an allegiance toward Jesus. Uh, he, he will never move us away from the things of God. No, the Holy Spirit has a job. The Holy, you know, those people, oh, the Holy Spirit's guiding me uh, to, to just move away from the things of God. I'm just not going to go to church. I'm just not going to. No, he's not. He wouldn't do that. He wouldn't guide you in contradiction to his word. No, the Holy Spirit wants to make you holy right? Uh, you know, many of us uh, Christians today, we, we, we want a reliance on Jesus because we want his benefits. We rely on him. Like, Lord, I rely on you, Jesus, for my salvation. I rely on you for, for my, my uh, new job. I, I rely on you. But where is the allegiance to him that, hey, I'm not just relying on you, Jesus. I, I'm, you're my king. You're, you're the Lord of my life. The Holy Spirit enables us to pledge allegiance to Jesus, to be faithful to him, to live holy, right? And this is where I want to start today with the Holy Spirit, and that is the Holy Spirit is with us to help us live for God. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a force. He's a being that has a personhood, someone we can know and talk with. We, we are to live filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's when we are filled with the Holy Spirit that we can truly live for God. In fact, it's impossible to live for God without Him. When I give my uh, kids juice for dinner, uh, with their dinner, or with their breakfast or their lunch, they want juice all the time. But uh, particularly my son, Elliot, if I, if I give him like a half-filled cup of juice, he just looks at me like, hey, what are you doing? Like, there's more room in this cup for juice. Or when I try to water down his crazy thick apple juice from McDonald's. He just looks at me like, what are you doing, right? Because my kids want their cup full and they want the real thing, right? Now we're a little bit like a cup. We're, we're a vessel where our spirit lives, where our, our soul, you know, our emotions are all, they're all. And look, it, it's God's desire that we would be filled with the Holy Spirit. But often we walk around not filled at all 
Uh, we, or even worse, we're filled with our flesh or our sinful desires. And th- there's many examples in Scripture of men and women who were filled with the Spirit of God and did great things. Even as early as uh, Basilel in, in Exodus, who was filled with the Spirit of God to, with wisdom and the ability and expertise and all so- sorts of crafts to help him build the tabernacle. Or Samson and his superhuman strength. Or Joseph and his incredible influence. Daniel and his wisdom in interpreting dreams. And the prophets and the kings and and... The list goes on and on and on. And in the Old Testament, the, the, the Spirit of God resting upon a person was momentary. It was for a moment, for, for an enablement in that moment, right? But for us, we should desire that the Holy Spirit be a permanent dweller in our lives. We should welcome Him to lead us, to guide us. And there are examples of people in Scripture who were filled with the wrong spirit, and did terrible things. You think about Saul in 1 Samuel 16, he had this tormenting, depressing spirit. Or or Ananias and Sapphira in, in, in Acts chapter 5, who lied about their offering. And Peter said to them, he didn't say, hey, why did you lie? Uh, he said to Ananias in Acts chapter 5, verse 3, he said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? Think about that. Uh, Peter said, you didn't lie to me, you lied to the Holy Spirit. So these are examples to warn us and show us that, hey, we are to welcome the Holy Spirit. You know, He is holy. He's not just my buddy-buddy where He's just with me as I sin and live in contempt and willful disobedience to God. No, we are to honor Him and His presence in our life. He is the Holy Spirit. He's not just my buddy, my pal, (laughs) the guy who watches me while I disobey God. No, it says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Come on. The Holy Spirit is holy. It's his job to make us holy. And there's a lot of examples we could give, but we are vessels that are easily influenced. We are influenced spiritually. And many of us walk around with the wrong influences in us. Uh, we walk around like, like uh, you could imagine uh, you know, at church on Sunday, I used this kind of cup of water that had dirt in it. Okay, it was actually cracked pepper, but it was in the, the it was all made the waters all murky, and and that's what we look like sometimes. We're we're filled with bitterness and unforgiveness and worldliness, and and how do we overcome this? Do we just like attend church more or, or or ask the pastor more questions? These things are helpful. Don't get me wrong, but all of that is like trying to empty uh, dirt out of a cup of water, like bit by bit. But what God wants to do is he wants to fill us with his spirit. And what I did was I took that um, dirty cup of water and filled it with the fresh water until all the gunk just flew out of it, right? It was kind of like a cool analogy. But hard for you to see on the podcast, but I hope you can imagine it with me. But this is the picture that we have is that the Holy Spirit is to fill our lives spiritually, emotionally, uh, psychologically, in every alley of our lives. he's he. We are meant to be overflowing with the things of God, with the Spirit of God. What is filling your life today? Is your life void of the Holy Spirit's power? It says in Ephesians 5.18, don't be drunk with wine because it will ruin your life, which is rather to the point and great advice. And it says, instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled. And if you look at this definition of the word filled, it means to be completed, to abound, to be overflowing, right? This isn't a sparing, stingy sprinkle. When I am filled with him, I am filled with God's sense of identity for my life. I am filled with God's love. 
If God be in me, it should change how I live, right? It should overflow out of me. And we're going to talk about what that looks like in the coming weeks. But for now, I want to kind of start right at the starting point. Where does the Holy Spirit begin his work with us? Well, he convicts us of sin. He 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 does. He, he turns us toward God, right? And also, he does a work in our identity. Uh, that's where I want to start, our identity. So let's read in Romans chapter 8, verse 15 to 16. It says this, So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. The Holy Spirit comes into our life and he does work in our identity. The Holy Spirit enters our life and says, God is your father. You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. And this is a huge one because in a world where there is so much confusion about identity, right? Many of us struggle with identity. We look at our past. We struggle with who we are, where where we've come from, what we've experienced, what we want to be. Well, the Holy Spirit fills our life and imparts in us God's identity for us. The Holy Spirit enters our life and tells us who we really are from the inside out, that I am a child of God. And you aren't defined by your heritage or mistakes or whether you've had a bad earthly dad or a great one. Or The Holy Spirit enters our life and it says that he affirms us in verse 16, right? And this is what happened to Jesus. When Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit rested on him. And let's look what it says in Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 to 17, it says, After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son, who brings me great joy. I love this picture of Jesus being affirmed by the Father, by the Holy Spirit, right? And other translations say, this is my son whom I love and with whom I am well pleased. Here we are. God the Father is making a declaration over Jesus. My son, I love you. I am pleased with you. And if the Father saw it fit to give the son affirmation and identity by the Holy Spirit, how much more do we need it, right? Have you allowed the Holy Spirit to remind you that you are his? There are so many competing voices declaring our identity. Your identity is not a political position or a career or, or um, a relational status or a financial state or whether or not you own a house. No, your identity is not your past trauma or medical diagnosis. This is a huge one. It seems like today the world is quickly identifying itself by, by its trauma or its struggle or its mental health condition, right? And, and I'm aware that there is an initial sense of relief when we admit the fact that we have suffered trauma. Like, that's the power of confession, right? But if we begin to allow that to just identify us, we can easily fall into a victim mentality and identity. But when the Holy Spirit in- enters our life, He tells us who we really are. You are not your trauma or abuse. You are a child of God. You are not a write-off. You know, people with no sense of identity or self-worth do all sorts of unwise things. But when you understand how God identifies you, who you really are, it changes how you live. It changes how you live. I remember as a high school chaplain, seeing so many young people make terrible decisions, but and the root of it was just a lack of assurance of knowing who they are in their identity. 
whether that was an instability at home or even an insecurity in themselves. It was rooted in this like lack of identity, right? So come on, let's stop allowing our past to fill our cup uh, or what other people have imparted into us to fill our cup. Let's be filled with the Holy Spirit, right? And where does that really start? He doesn't work in our identity. He, 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 he enters our life. Well, it starts by inviting him, understanding that he is a person that I invite into my life. And we're going to talk about that next week, about being led by the Holy Spirit. You need to be led by him. He's not just going to force his way in. You need to invite him into your life. Okay? And if you want to do that today, then as soon as this podcast is done, you turn it off and you say, Holy Spirit, would you come into my life? Would you come into my life afresh? Would you fill me afresh? Would you not just be indwelling in me, but would you also be filling me with the things of God. Amen? Amen. I'm looking forward to this journey of getting to know the Holy Spirit over the next couple of weeks, and I hope you join with us. Come to church. Come on, a podcast cannot replicate what happens in the room. Come and join us, and uh, get on board with Alpha. Bring a friend. It all kicks off at the start of June. We hope you can be with us and enjoy the journey, and let's welcome the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Guide us every day. Be our guide. We welcome you to have your way in our lives today, in Jesus' name. Well, you have a great week, and we hope to see you soon. God bless.